This is the 140th edition of Hebrews in Exile with our honorable teacher, Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And in this podcast, we are going to explore the idea of a prophet. What is a prophet? And what does a prophet do? And how do they benefit and help the community of Hebrew Israel? In our ancestry and in antiquity and in today's current age. So sit back and relax. It's going to be another action-packed episode of Hebrews in Exile. You know what we do. Let's go! You're the creation. You make everything right. Give me more power. This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this is Hebrews in Exile. Momo again, sir. Momo. What this is? Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and... And Sean Appleton. And this is... Hebrews in Exile. Hebrews in Exile. Yeah, we said that. We, did we say that? We did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we said it. You know, one of the things that is very paramount to me as I journey through where we are and speaking about where we are just mm-hmm. in exile is really understanding how much in exile we are in relationship to text. Mm. There is something that Christianum does not have a doggone clue about, and that's the prophets. Yeah, that's true. They tend to they tend to cherry pick a lot from them, but not study them in totality. And with that being a flaw, mm-hmm. they don't have a clue when you talk about the mindset of the Most High and what he feels about his people. Sure. Sure. I did a funeral today and I came out of that funeral understanding and feeling what the prophets felt. Mm. <laughs> you go into a house of idolaters. You go into a house of people who do not have a clue because Israel abandoned the Torah mm-hmm. and they abandoned the Most High. Mm-hmm. And the prophets came and begin to speak to them at the behest of the Most High concerning their actions. Mm. But when you read the prophets, one of the things that's very interesting about them, while they can be so dramatically upset because the Most High expresses himself through them, Mm They all end in the same way. Oh, and by the way, 
um, the Most High is going to redeem you and he is going to bring you back hmm. to the land. And I, and I take it you took a page out of the prophet's book today. Oh, yeah. By telling them this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but with that, what I say about understanding the prophets and understanding Israel, it's easy to say that the Most High is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but you don't know or have any idea what the totality of yesterday was. Right. Right. You don't know the status of Israel when the Most High redeemed them That's a great out point. of Mitzrayim, took them into the wilderness. You have no idea of the status of the totality of Israel mm -hmm. when he took them into Canaan. Mm -hmm. Have no idea. And, 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 and that's, you know, piggybacking on what you're saying, and that's the travesty of it, is because that ability to connect with history has been devoid or bereft from um, our, our legacy because we just haven't been taught it. We've just been taught, um, uh, I mean, literally, it, literally what you, you ended up doing today was you walked in there, a person that has a lifestyle of the Most High, and you talked to a bunch of religious folk. Yeah. And they wanted to hear religion. They yeah. wanted to hear spiritualization. <clears throat> they wanted to hear um, some uh, very cathartic. Uh, uh, they wanted to hear spirit. They wanted <laughs> to hear spirituality of the Father's word. Right. To make it fit. To make them. To make them feel good. Feel better. Yeah. About yeah. And, the grief. You mm -hmm. know, one of the aspects of understanding history and understanding the Most High, and Israel is that all of Israel was not at their peak of, of divine deliverance at the time when they went into Canaan. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't. They were not. You know? I agree. I agree. And so when you talk about when you talk about the most high's mercy and you talk about Daniel's dissertation and Daniel seven where he saw the ancient of days sitting on his throne and the books were open and you begin to explain the books and who <laughs> constitutes and makes up the names that are in the books. He says, and the books were open. Not the book, but the books were open. Sure. So now you have to ask, you have to ask a question and you have to begin to research, mm -hmm. find out what books. Is there one? Mm -hmm. No, that would be singular. Mm -hmm. Books is plural. Right. Is there one? Is there two? Is there three? Mm -hmm. Are there four? Right. How many books are there? Great question. You know. Yeah, and an examination of text. Text should be, you should be asking questions. Oh, yeah. During uh, your examination of text. And, you know, one of the pastors 
confronted me about oh. the idea of people who are not saved being part of the inherit residence with the most high and you know see that's we how do you uh, please please enlighten me on how you answered that because that's combining well this I I as as I as I as I talked about it I I thought about something that I didn't do mm. and that was to explain to him I'm not talking to you from a Greek perspective I'm talking to you from a complete Hebraic perspective so you can't bring me Greek texts to refute my argument. Exactly. Exactly. You can't do that. Agreed. It won't work. Nor has it ever. It's obvious to me that in Daniel's dissertation and also in Ezekiel's dissertation, the Most High said, I find no pleasure in the destruction of the wicked. But we've already talked about what the Most High defines as wicked, of which majority of people within the religious world are not. You would contend that most of them are not wicked? They're not wicked, no. Okay, all and, right. And, and here's the reason why. The Most High defines wickedness as a person who knows to do what is right and doesn't do it as the Proverbs classifies the three categories of people, the wise, the simpleton, and the fool. Mm -hmm. The fool is considered as, as an individual it's wicked because a fool knows what is right in light of the expectations of a father, but he refuses to do it. Mm -hmm. The majority of the Christian world does not have a clue about what's right, which is the reason why the prophets mm. talk to Israel the way they do and talk about their redemption and mm. talk about bringing them back to the land and talk about their being in the land and being able to, with the nations who say in text, let's go up to Jerusalem for the Torah of Yahweh is being taught there. True. So now you ask your question by the prophets, well, then who is the most high bringing to the land? Mm-hmm. And he's bringing... Hebrew Israel to the land. True. And the nations that he deems worthy to participate with, with Israel. Right. Now, the, these people, a lot of these people are not going to have 
a clue about what you and I talk about. You're not going to have a clue about Torah. Mm -hmm. But their lives are one that fits the construct of the Most High where he decides who he's going to bring. And it's evident in my mind that looking at Israel over, over a historical line that he didn't destroy because in Israel, even though there were those that didn't quite get it, they were good people. Yeah. They were benevolent people. And they were, they were good and benevolent people who love their creator. True, true. There's another aspect. Go ahead, finish your point. There's another aspect that I, I, I kind of want to um, interject into this narrative that would have stacked the chips against you while you went in there. I think maybe the assumption was that they understood who they are. Did you get an sense of if you addressed them as Hebrew Israel, they would even know that they are Hebrew Israel? It's one of the cornerstones of us trying to understand the Most High's text is this association with us understanding that we are the Most High's people. And if, you're, if we're coming in to a group of folks saying the Most High said this about his people, I would have to assume with a group like that, that they would automatically be thinking about the Ashkenazi. Oh, this is, this is something Jewish well, you're, you're bringing to well, So if when, they don't have an association well, with it, they're well, going to tune set, it out. When I set the platform, when I set the, when I set the, uh, the foundation, mm -hmm. I'm going to talk to you from the Hebrew text. Sure. Which is written about our people to our people, for our people, which are melanated people. Okay. Granted. And that is inclusive of you. Okay. And what you have to know is that the Father's love for you is so deep that he says to us in the book of Isaiah, in light of our redemption, I will give nations for you. Sure. Sure. Now, is he just talking about righteous Israel? No. Mm-hmm. He's talking about Israel, Hebrew Israel at large. And its totality, yeah. Who has not violated their position where he would deem them wicked. True. But I, re I, I go back to my original statement. Do they even know that? No. Do they even know that when we talk about Devarim 28, anything germane to uh, Hebrew Israel, as a community and group of people, who that really is. But my, my, but my, my intent was to, I, I said, I'm going to speak to you 
And I'm going to try to impart wisdom, knowledge, and understanding mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. speak to your intellect, not your emotion. Mm -hmm. And rightfully so, I can understand why the house was quiet because you don't learn, you don't learn by an emotional frenzy, you learn by listening. That's correct. That's correct. And it was obvious that they had to listen. Yes. 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 Because I'm not saying anything that they've <laughs> ever heard on Sunday morning. True. This is true. They've gotten there in a real pliable spot. They've got you got the undivided attention. Yep. Absolutely. And I could tell by the time I got I didn't take long. I think <laughs> I may have taken 30 minutes or maybe a little longer, but I could tell as I got Closer to the end, I could. They were squirming in their seats. They were. <laughs> they were fidgety and, and squirming. So, fortunately, I was at the end where I could close. You know, but my my my. I'm thinking about as I'm going home. I, I'm thinking about all of this, and as I get home, I'm thinking about what just transpired, and I'm going, ah. Okay, Jeremiah. Okay, Habakkuk. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. All of them, really. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know now what you've been feeling when you went to talk to idolatrous Israel. But see, that's where I want to. I think that your position is far greater than the prophets. And the reason why I'm saying it, because I keep coming back to the same point. Do we have any reason to believe that when the prophets spoke to our ancestors, that they had no idea who Yahweh was or who they were? You're yeah. doing it to a people that has no idea on both points. Yeah, because I mean, you're, you're right. Because if we, if we go into the book of Kings or Chronicles, it talks about there was a generation who knew not Yahweh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't have a clue. You know, and the prophets and the men of renown who did know were trying to introduce them to a super phenomenon that they didn't have a clue about and I'm I'm looking at these people and I'm going hmm you really you really don't know what I'm talking about but I'm here I've got to give words of comfort so let me give these words of comfort around text mm. that deals with comfort let me mm -hmm. let me use Isaiah 44 40, comfort, comfort ye my people. Mm -hmm. But let me explain it within the context of what it is. Right. And not spiritualize it to make it be something else, but allows you to understand that the Most High using a double word comfort to Israel is to allow them to know that I understand your anguish. I understand your pain. I understand what you have been going through. And for that, I want mm -hmm. to comfort you. Mm -hmm. I go to 61 of Isaiah with that whole dissertation where Isaiah is speaking. His, he has anointed me. He has anointed me. Mm -hmm. 
not somebody else. The spirit of Yahweh is up on me and he has anointed me to speak to you words of comfort. Yes. But I couldn't offend them by telling them that ain't Jesus Christ. So I, <laughs> so I said, this text is Isaiah speaking about himself having the spirit of the most high upon him mm -hmm. speaking words of comfort mm -hmm. to a people so that they wouldn't they would not live their lives in despair mm -hmm. i come to tell you today that you don't need to live your life in despair the most high has a divine plan even for you yeah even as you're explaining that right now, I'm I'm list, I'm, I'm 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 saying, look at the uh, the the strategic planning of the Most High. Those people, even though they may not have been looking for that, they still Hebrew Israel will be exposed to the Most High in some shape, form, or fashion. Oh yeah, whether or not you're looking for it or not, He's going to show up. The Most High will be there, and that's what was introduced to them today. I got a question for you. Why why you were going through that? that liturgy, what would have been your, if you had a takeaway to say, okay, a better response out of the group, what would you want them to take away out of your, your 30 minute dissertation? What would have been the most important germane thing of value that they should have left with? Oh, the central, <coughs> the central opening. Okay. Everything else I said was systemic to the opening. Mm. I greet you in the highest name that is higher than all names that is written in the Masoretic text, Yahweh. Mm -hmm. That happens to have been left out of your Bibles 68,000 times, and I read for you Exodus chapter three, three, beginning at verse 15. 15, right, because we tend to start at 13 and, yeah, and work our way down, 15, but it's, it? it's 15, yeah. Where the Most High announces his name to Mashe mm -hmm. and declares that this shall be my name throughout all generations. generations. Oh, I'm hoping somebody wants to argue that point. <laughs> <laughs> and and did, did anybody? Did anybody? Oh, no, 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 okay. no, 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 no. But, but like you said, no. that was the central theme is to at least introduce the Most High. Yeah, I mean, my to my, these people. My whole mission in going out to idolatrous congregations is, and and I've I've made this pact with the Most High that wherever I go and wherever I have an opportunity to speak, I am going to make your name known. Hmm. And I am going to allow them to know that the reason why you don't know his name, in my mind, I'm saying this in my mind mm -hmm. now, because I can't tell them that because I've got a, I've got a, um, a mixed, most of the time I have a, a mixed ethnic audience. Okay. It's because white people don't want you to know his name. <laughs> they left it out on yeah. purpose. Yeah, that's true. Who... who who canonized scripture? It's a it's a fact. It's truth. And and I can't 
I can't necessarily in that environment come and tell you you're reading a dissertation that's not that has not been approved by the Most High that's being rendered to you by white people mm -hmm. called the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Total creation of a new, and, something and new. They, and they are bold-faced liars. Mm. See, because yeah. they are giving you, they're giving you enough truth to bait you because they know historically you want to be like them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is the nature of Hebrew Israel. Israel always, always wanted, wants to be. She's always wanted to be like somebody she wasn't. Where, which is the travesty, because we're we are at the front. matter of fact. This is this is what's so funny. We want to be like everybody else, but we are the forerunners and the front runners of everything. Of everything. Name something we're not the forerunners of. When I, <laughs> when I explain to you how great you are and how that you are the first people created by the Most High mm -hmm. and how that you're different. Is there any father who births a child that doesn't have his father's DNA. True, true. And how it is that you and I have been made, the father looked up and said, let's make man in our image and in our likeness. And he birthed into you the, the creativeness that's unequaled and unparalleled in the world mm -hmm. to allow you to understand that you are a people that are unmeasured and you look at me and go like duh duh yeah but we don't act like it I'm going like yeah I'm thinking in my mind what the <laughs> shut the front door <laughs> right yeah we don't we don't we don't exude that we do it inherently so but we don't assume our position in it the interesting part was that when it was all over, when it was all on this girl, this girl sang my song today by Thomas Whitfield. Oh my goodness. Which one was that? Sang it. When it's all over, oh, I shall wear a I'm crown. I'm going to put on my robe to I tell the story. Oh, that girl. Yeah, that one? That girl sang that song <laughs> today. It brought me to straight up tears. Mm. But, you know, as it's over and. You know, we're all walking out and... Well, hold on, 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 hold on. We got to go there for a second. When you listen to the song, you listen to the lyrics of that song, do they hit you differently? Do... I'm just wondering, this is like a sidebar because now as I'm listening to songs, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be very transparent and so I, I'm being... I, I don't want any other, anybody that's viewing by way of the stream to think that I'm being fake or being disingenuous, but I'm going to tell you something right now. When I listen to songs and lyrics of songs, I don't listen to them anymore like it's some dude talking to some woman. Right. Or some woman singing about a man. Right. I'm listening to it from the standpoint. This is the weird thing that clicked over in my brain. I shouldn't say it's weird. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's that I think about the Most High and the relationship to his Israel. wife. Israel. So yeah. when I hear a love song, I think of, oh, okay. 
the most toxic, and I'm telling you, when you read Song of Solomon, as much it's, 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 oh, that's about oh, love yeah, songs it's, you want to get to. It, Song of Solomon <laughs> and Ecclesiastic and Ezekiel are graphic. Right. So I listened to it from a standpoint. I now, took her. Yeah. I, I, I took her in, in into my chamber, and <laughs> I covered her. Well, what do you think he's covering her for? Yeah. I mean, what do grown folk what, do? What, what did you do? What did you do on your marriage night? Y'all just jumped on the bed and, and went on. Did you? It, it, there's there's a song. There's I can't a, say that because I know my wife is probably listening. She'd be like, "Shut up! Don't say nothing." There's a song by uh, Foreplay that's called "Between the Sheets." Mm-hmm. I said, "You're between the sheets." Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, only listen. Hebrew men don't pull no punches with only, that. Men, Hebrew men love women. Only, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got a whole dissertation about that. It says, "Hey, listen, when when this, you are not going to get them while they are in league with the Most High. The best thing for you to do is send them women in there. Let's send them women. Leave, leave them your own. <laughs> They'll draw them away from the Most High. Your your sons will marry their daughters, and your their daughters will marry your sons because that's what Israel does. Right. I'm not gonna curse them, but I can give you a pro tip. But I'm listening to the song. I shall wear a crown by Thomas Whitfield, which has always been a favorite of mine. Mm -hmm. And this young lady, she sang it to the, she sang it, brought me to tears. Yeah. You know? As soon as I get home, I'm thinking of when we get back to the land. And yeah, all that. And I'm looking at the audience. And I'm listening, I'm watching them, and I'm looking at them, and I'm going, this is a beautiful song, and they don't have a clue what they're hearing. Mm. Matter of fact, when I got up, I told them, you know, you need to give, you need to give her a, a round of applause because that song that she just sang mm. was beautifully done, if you've never heard it before, by Thomas Whitfield. Mm -hmm. It was a beautiful, beautiful minute. But mm. I'm look, and I'm going, I, I don't know, Sean. I guess you know what I think. This is me talking. Okay. I think that when the prophets went to speak to Israel, I think that they really thought that they were going to be received better than what they were. Absolutely. I have no question about that. <laughs> I have no question about that. Why? Um, the reaction is the proof in the pudding. Who is it, Hosea? I think it's Hosea. I think it's Hosea. I can't remember now, but I think it's Hosea. Hosea, I think it's Hosea. I'm not sure, but one of the prophets goes at the behest of the Most High hmm. to speak to Israel. And um, it's going kinda, kinda okay, but the prophet doesn't really understand what's going on behind the scenes that the Most High has to alert him to something. Hmm. And he tells him, he says, 
and I'm paraphrasing, he says, when you go back in to speak to them, mm -hmm. you need to be careful because they're plotting to kill you. Is that Hosea? Oh, I forget, and I think I forget if it's Hosea, one of them. He says, oh, and, oh, and also, mm. uh, also, you might be mindful of your family. Mm. <laughs> now, that's rough. And I'm reading this, and I'm thinking, I'm going, this guy really thought that, you know, I'm going in here, and I'm getting ready to tell this people with the most high is telling me that they that they need to do and blah 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 and I'm thinking everything is cool and he's going like oh they're plotting to kill me mm. and then he and then he he speaks some <coughs> very choice words to the most high about his about <coughs> about <coughs> his plight Matter of fact, as as you're as you're probably turning there, um, I don't know why. I think I know why uh, this prophet is coming to mind, and I wanted to ask you about it. Was uh, and I we got our resident uh, one of our theologians in the house with us is Jonah, and yeah. I'm asked, trying to ask myself the question: Was was Jonah's reason for not going to Nineveh? Because he didn't want to tell him? Or it was just because it was just going to be too arduous? It's going to be like, you know what, going to this place is like, you know, it's insurmountable. Nineveh is one of the, 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 the uh, quintessential uh, important cities of that particular period, of that particular empire. I want to uh, say it's the Babylonian Empire that it was a part of, either um, Assyrian or, or Babylonian, one of the two. And he's very adamant about not going to minister into his own people. And then I got to ask myself the question, is his reasoning for not going because, and I'm, I'm looking back there at you, Trey, uh, his, his reasoning for not going because he was, because they're so stiff-necked and hard-hearted and it's so, such an arduous task, or? No, 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 you know, one of the reasons why Jonah, <laughs> Ooh, Jonah, Jonah, Jonah knew Nineveh, and Jonah was so <coughs> upset with the Assyrians that he goes, "I don't really want them to repent." <laughs> right, and I don't want to go up in there and talk to them, and then they repent and you relent from your judgment against them, which is exactly what happened. Oh, okay, okay, okay. To say, yeah, okay. He went in, he spoke to them, and they retorted, they repented. He said, I still want to see Nineveh. And, yeah. yeah, and that was, that was short-lived because mm -hmm. the Assyrians immediately turned on Israel uh, once again, <clears throat> and did exactly what Jonah thought and figured they were going to do, and the, Jonah didn't want the Most High to give them any kind of grace. <laughs> That's his reason. 
And I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to talk to those people. But it's it's also an interesting fact in there. It doesn't. It reminds me of what you said earlier, which is, you know, you have this pact with the Most High that says you're going to make the Most High's uh, name known wherever you go. Oh yeah. And then you know the Most High is very serious about sending folks on a mission because we, we we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. Even when we were at at, at the dinner table, we said, uh, you know, Most High, you're putting me in this position. Why? Right. I need to be here. Think of the mission and your will first, and then my will will come second. Right. Why are you putting me here? Right. So your name can be at least heard amongst heard the, amongst amongst the nations. Yeah. So we're you know mulling around in the in the area. Mm -hmm. People are getting ready to go down to the repast and. I'm I'm feeling it. Hmm. I'm, this this I'm yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling I'm feeling the un I'm feeling their uncomfortableness being around me. Talk about that a little bit more. Is it a, is it an uncomfortableness of saying, okay, well, well he's an outside, he doesn't believe what we believe, or he I, knows I, too I, much, I, I, I can't. I, I really, I really don't, I really don't, I could just sense, I could just, you know how you can feel people looking at you? Sure, yeah, yeah like you they're, know. yeah. Side-eyeing. Yeah, and <laughs> they want to say something, but they're not really sure what to say. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I understood. I mean, I, I'm going like, okay, I get it. And you, you want to say something, but you can't. And so, oh, oh those were those were uh, those were very um, those were very nice words. Uh -huh. I wanted to, I wanted to ask which ones. <laughs> See, based on your response there, I would think that you've you you penetrated or hit a nerve or planted a seed, because I would think if people were offended or if they had heard something, they probably would have said something to you. Yeah. But maybe it was because of the fact to say, okay, yeah, I've just heard text read to me in its in its context. And what, what, am, what am I going to refute? And, and I didn't spiritualize it. Yeah, you didn't spiritualize it. Yeah. And so it's bold and bold faced right in front of them. Yeah. You, it's almost they're respecting what you said by not trying to challenge it. I I guess I don't, I don't know. I wasn't there, but I mean, yeah. you, you you can yeah. speak yeah. to it. Uh, yeah, yeah, Kenya. Um, you asked the question: Was it wrong for Jonah to think like that? No, it wasn't. Mm. I mean, he was he was adamant about. I mean, the fact that he's on a ship trying to escape, and he finds himself inside of the. A mammal? Yeah. Trying, you know? Getting burned. And his whole idea of understanding the Assyrians and their relationship to Israel? No, he says, I, I don't want these people to repent. Mm. You want me, you want me to go take them a message. That this message that I'm going to take them is going to cause them to repent. I don't want them to repent. I want you to exact judgment on them. Mm. But see, here's a violation. He's violating a mitzvot by doing that. Can I say that? 
Is he violating the mitzvah? Because the first one that comes to my mind is saying, okay, he's seeking revenge on a group of people. He wants them exterminated. But because, and, but, but he does because he knows what the, what the end result is going to be. They're, they're going to, oh, they're going to repent for a season and then they're going to revert back to who they are which is what they did. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there's a mitzvah that talks about if you go and you speak peace. Sure. But, you know, our, our, our feelings are, you know, you reach a point where the relationship that you and I have and grow to have with the Most High is beyond the explanation to those who aren't there, for which the gentleman said to me, I said, well, he says, well, how can, how can, a, how can my faithless person be redeemed? I guess, I says, well, first of all, Mm. Is that our call? Because text says, if a wicked person turns from his wickedness to righteousness, then he receives the blessing of of the righteous. But and and who am I to say when a person's heart is going to turn and change? I can't say that. That's not my call. Secondly of all, hmm. secondly of all, I don't have faith anymore. I don't believe anymore. Because you know. Faith and belief yeah. have something that's connected to it that leaves a, a slight supposition. And that is that my position is my relationship with the Most High is that I know. I'm not believing. Mm -hmm. Correct. I don't have faith. I know. And when you know something, you know something. Mm -hmm. And since I was talking to a former professional <laughs> athlete, okay, I said... When you know your craft, you know your craft. Sure. And when you played, you knew it well. You weren't hoping. Mm -hmm. You weren't believing. Mm -hmm. You knew. Mm -hmm. That's where I, that's where I'm at. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is why I love the mentorship. Because I, if somebody would ask me that question. There's two things that would have popped up. Okay, number one, when you answered it and you said oh, they, you don't know when they're going to turn into, you know, get back yeah. to righteousness. Yeah. First of all, we got to understand what righteousness even is. Well, I see. There's, see, there's a whole foundation well, that's right well, see, there. But you see, I had to preface it. <laughs> that's a subject for for another for, for another, another time. topic because 
we're not, time, okay. We're not, we're, see, when you're talking to Christians about righteousness, okay, that's not a subject that you're going, that you're going to win with them. Because the minute that you talk about Torah, they just turn the lights off. Sure, sure. Yeah, because they think it's something else other than, they, yeah, they have no clue what it is, actually. So the it's it's a so 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 I mean you not can't confusion, you, but just you can't not talk, knowing you can't talk to Christians about righteousness within the construct of the mind of the Most High. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. So yeah, because their first response is, "Their Jesus settled it all, so they don't have to do this anymore." Sure. Sure. Okay, then I'm, you know, at that point, I, I just left the room. See, because there's no need, there's no need in arguing a, arguing a point with you that is already settled in your mind. Mm-hmm. That, that's true. That's true. So, here's the second point. Second thing I would have thought about. Who says everybody's supposed to be safe? Who says that everybody's supposed to be a part of this group? There's ex some exclusivity there. And I think that one of the things that Christianity tries to do is eliminate that exclusivity, which the Most High has established. You're concerned oh, well, about a group of people that... The first thing the Christians have is they think they have a market on salvation. Yeah, that's true. That they, <laughs> they're the only ones that... <laughs> <laughs> they, they're the only ones that have the market on salvation. And, you know, when I talk about redemption... Redeemed from what? Redemption is quantitative. Mm -hmm. Save from what? Save from what? It's quantitative. When the Most High saved Israel from from Mitzrayim, it was quantitative. Mm -hmm. Everything that He talks about redeeming Israel from is always something that's quanti 